G'day. Welcome to the City Reach Family of Churches YouTube channel. You know, we know that uh, online resources are no substitute for, you know, live preaching in your own local church. But we pray that these messages will really bless you spiritually. If you want to find out more about City Reach and our churches, you can go to cityreach.com.au. Now we hope you enjoy this message. Good evening. One of my most hated times in life is that little gap between when they swab your arm and then the needle, right? And, and I don't look. I don't, does anyone else not look? Yeah, there's no shame in this, people. Doctors know what they're doing. The nurses, they're professionals. They can do this without us looking, and I find that it helps them to relax. So I'm not looking, and, but it's just like, oh, is it going to hurt? It's really going to hurt, and that anticipation. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah. And then it hurts. Um, what we're talking about tonight is that moment, that, oh, how's it going to be? What's it going to be like? Uncertainty. Uncertainty is a killer, and we live in an uncertain world, uncertain lives, and like particularly at the moment, you look at things that are going on, this novel virus that's scaring the world and shutting things down, like half the country's flooded, the other half is on fire, the world is falling apart, but we get Francis back, so God is at work. Sorry, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Um, I got there a bit too early, but it's good to have you back, Francis. Good to see you. Anyway, it's an uncertain world and it's nerve-wracking, right? Um, but you bring it closer to home, youth unemployment, um, the rates are on the rise again, it's getting as hard as ever to get a job if you're, if you're a youth, um, that's uncertainty. Figuring out what you want to do with your life, um, which $60,000, $80,000 degree you're going to pick and then hoping it's going to stick, that's uncertainty. Romance. It's the definition of uncertainty. <laughs> or um, this is a more haunting uncertainty. Wondering if your life as it now stands is all it's ever going to be. Just uncertain. Is this it? Uncertainty feels horrible, right? It keeps you up at night. It makes you desperate. It makes you wonder. And then you come to Philippians and Paul says, Rejoice! And I will rejoice and rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And it sounds like a, a really nice idea. It sounds like a thing we should do, but impossible to execute in the middle of all this uncertainty that's going on outside and going out on inside us and in our lives. That right now, it's just crazy. Maybe one day I will rejoice. How do we find any joy right now? right now, in the middle of uncertainty. That's what we're looking at tonight. Let's ask God for wisdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, this word of truth, and what it can speak to us tonight. Um, there's all kinds of uncertainty that we wrestle with, and it trips us up and throws us, and we want joy in the middle of that. What a thing to have. God, please give us your, your word, um, your spirit opening up, our eyes today to see where joy is and to be able to grab hold of it by the power of your spirit and in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, as you read through this passage, Philippians 1, 12 to 30, um, you see that there is a whole lot of uncertainty in Paul's life. So he's stuck in prison. 
That's a really uncertain place to be. He's being sold out and um, betrayed by these would-be friends who are actually trying to get him into more trouble. Um, He's got friends outside prison who have been struggling with illness. We're going to see that in coming chapters. He's uncertain if he's ever going to see these Philippian friends again. Um, He's uncertain about whether he's going to be executed or not. And he's uncertain about how that whole execution thing, if it happens, how it's going to play out. So much uncertainty, right? It kind of makes whatever we're facing kind of pale into insignificance a little. But none of it seems to kill his joy. Like, you can read through this and you can see he's almost bubbling over the way he writes. Like, he's, he's speaking fast and he's excited. And, and it's because none of it, none of it shakes his purpose. Have a listen to this in verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, these guys that are trying to take me down or these guys that have honestly become so much bolder because of what God's doing through me, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. Rejoice. That's where his joy is. And then he goes on. um, Look in verse 20. That with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I I can't tell. He's got all this stuff going on, and he doesn't know how it's all going to play out, but he is joyful. If you kill Paul, he's happy because he's with Jesus. If you torture him, he's happy. He rejoices because he's suffering like Jesus. If you let him live, he rejoices because he can keep on preaching Jesus. If you chain him up, he's stoked because he's got a captive gospel audience right there and he's going to preach to them. Paul is a man who can never be conquered because whatever happens, his life's purpose is being achieved. So if you want joy in the middle of uncertainty, this This, realign your life purpose to Jesus. Realign your life purpose to Jesus. Um, There is one sporting team, of all the sporting teams that are in the world, there is one that I cannot watch because it makes me physically ill. That's the Socceroos. (laughs) Every time the World Cup comes around, and um, I'm thinking along with the whole rest of Australia, maybe, maybe, maybe this year we'll do something and you start watching, and I have to turn it off. Like, I never get to the end of the first half, because I just can't take it. Because they, they get the ball, and they're going up into the uh, opposition's half, and they're around the goal, and you think, no one knows if this ball is going to go in the net. It's uncertainty all over the place, all over the field, wherever there are yellow players. And then when the ball goes back the other way, towards their goal, there's even more uncertainty there. Something bad is going to happen, and I can't take it, and I'm turning it off. Does anyone feel that? Socceroos, man. My goodness. But then, once they're knocked out of the competition three games in, which is a certainty, that's when I begin to enjoy the World Cup. Because my purpose... My life's purpose in watching the World Cup has changed from maybe they'll make the final 16 to I am going to watch the best soccer players in the world playing the best soccer ever, and I don't care who wins and who loses. 
And so no matter what happens, I'm enjoying the World Cup. You get that? So my purpose at the start is, come on, Socceroos, come on, come on, and there's all uncertainty and turmoil, and I, I just got to walk away from it to, ah, oh, this is cool, I'm kicking goals. <laughs> They're kicking goals. And everything's good. So ask yourself this. If you're finding it hard to find joy in the middle of uncertainty, and yes, that's me, what's my life purpose right now? Really? Think about the uncertain things that are keeping you up at night, getting you worried, and then ask, what is my life's purpose right now? And put it another way, what team are you cheering for? Is it yours? Is this all about how you go? Because it's going to play out like the Socceroos. Are you cheering for your family team? Is it all about their expectations and what they think of you? And it's going to be just as disappointing as the Socceroos. <laughs> but if you're cheering for Team Jesus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. Because he already has the cup. He's already won. He is the winning team. You get that? This is very simple. This is very straightforward. But we keep on going for Team Me or team my family, or team my boss, or team I don't know what. And we forget that team Jesus is the winning team, and if we go with him, then no matter what happens, it's going to be all right. And that's what Paul is saying here. Jesus is winning. This, this is a liberating thought. Like, get your head around this. When we realign our purpose to Jesus and what he wants to do, then we can know that our lives aren't wasted. You can know that your life is not wasted. And you can know with certainty that your circumstances, whatever you're in at the moment, your circumstances will not ruin your purpose in life and will not ruin your witness. It will make it even better. And you can make choices with certainty and with freedom when he is your purpose. When you decide... I'm going to live my life for Jesus. For Paul, he saw it in terms of, of life and death and these choices that were kind of out of his hands. But whatever happens, he's like, I'm, I'm on team Jesus. This is going to be great. But for us, it trickles down to even the smallest details. Are you going to take accounting or law? Do it for team Jesus. It doesn't matter. Are you going to get married? Or are you not going to get married. If you're on Team Jesus, it doesn't matter. You're going to go strawberry jam or peanut butter. It doesn't matter. If you're putting Jesus first in everything and he is your life purpose, all of these choices that have all this uncertainty clouding around it, it, it all just clears away. It doesn't matter. I can do any of these things. Jesus is going to get the glory and he's going to do something good out of this. I went through five different tertiary degrees, certificates, diplomas, before God brought me into um, professional ministry. And so like, I was all over the place, and that wasn't it. Like, there was about 10 different jobs at the same time and all kinds of different things. And I was stunned to see when I finally got into ministry He's using everything, everything he's put me through. 
has prepared me for this point in time. And it's just beautiful. <laughs> These things that we agonize over and we let the uncertainty of them rob us of joy in the moment. These things look totally different when our eyes are set on Jesus. Paul sees, he sees the godly path and he sees the godly result in each option he's facing and it's a source of real joy. And we can see that too. It's right there. We can do it. Joy in the midst of uncertainty begins with realigning your life purpose to Jesus. So how does it play out for you? How do you do that? Well, what is the purpose you're really living for? What are you hoping will bring you joy? What's making you feel uncertain? And give that over to God. And say, whatever you want to do with it for Jesus' glory, that's fine. Paul's got more to show us. So the first thing, realign your purpose to Jesus and you can't go wrong. And Paul is talking about this crazy, uncertain situation, but then as you read through, woven through this whole section, there is this confidence in spite of the uncertainty. He speaks about knowing over and over again. First of all, I want you, I want you to know that all of this stuff is turning out for the good of the gospel and Jesus. The whole imperial guard and the rest know that this is for Christ. This is why I'm here. They know, you know, they know. Even his enemies know that Paul is in prison for the gospel. And he goes on, he says, I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. And convinced of this, I know that I'll remain and continue with you all. So how can Paul be so sure that it's all going to work out? It's because of this. Because he's not dwelling on the, the uncertainty of how things are looking, but he is choosing what he's looking at. And he's looking at where God is at work. And he is seeing the certainty of God's sovereignty and the certainty that God's hands are all over everything and everything that he's in. And he's saying, look, see, see how God has worked through these messed up situations to bring good here, here, here in prison, here with the imperial guard, here because everyone's getting more bold to share the word of Jesus, and here because these people are trying to trick me up, and, and, and the gospel is going out. Look at that. And whoa, here, even if I get killed or not, like it's working out for good. And he's so excited about that. He's saying, wow, God has got this. I'm convinced he's got that. And, and he's got this, and he's got all this other stuff that's going on in my life. And Jesus Christ is proclaimed, so I will rejoice. In that, I rejoice. Look for God's hands all over your life. In big ways and in little ways. Um, when we do that, that's when we are encouraged. That's when... Um, we start to, to see confidently that this life purpose of, of putting Jesus first in everything is going to pay off because he's going to win. Do you want some certainty that God works things out even in uncertain times? Look at Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. Nothing looks more uncertain, to, uncertain than the cross. Jesus dying on the cross 
the promised saviour of the world, and he's dying. But God used what Paul calls the foolishness of the cross and the uncertainty of that situation and think of that whole weekend for his disciples and his followers, all that uncertainty of that moment to give glory to Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead. God was in control the whole time. You know why it all happened? Why Jesus went through all that uncertainty is because there was a certainty in our lives, in your life. And the certainty is this, that without him doing that, we go to hell. That is the certainty. And Jesus has come and he faced uncertainty for us and he gave us this certainty, that if you put your trust and your hope in Jesus, your future is certain, certain. You will never be apart from him again. You will never go to hell. And you, this is, this is awesome, you will be a source of glory for him forever. And your present life right now will become a certainty too because Jesus will get the glory in your life right now. God is, has his hands over everything and all through everything. And when we see it, it's so encouraging. So think about it now. Where is God's hand at play in your life right now? Where are you seeing just the, the, the little moments where you're feeling down and, and someone stops and prays with you? That's a holy moment. Or when um, in the midst of uncertainty, you're feeling this joy um, that you can't explain. <laughs> or all kinds of different ways that God breaks in and puts his hands all over your life. You look at where Paul's seeing it in everything. In the, the guards, in the enemies, in the friends, in everything. God's hand is all over everything. Do a grace hunt. Um, look for his grace wherever it is. How is he shaping you? How are you different to how you were three years ago? The, the situation you're in right now if you've been trusting in Jesus, I tell you, you are going to be different to how you were three years ago if you faced the same situation. God is, he has his hands all over your life. And if your purpose is following Jesus, then you're going to see his hands more and more. And if you're having trouble to see his hands on your life, speak to me. Speak to someone else. Ask another believer, where can you see God at work in my life? That's going to be a really encouraging conversation. How is his goodness being seen in your life or in the lives of other faithful Christians around you? Look for it in their lives if you can't see it in yours. What kind of opportunities is he lining up for you to give glory to Jesus? Like Paul's saying it, massive opportunities. And it brings him joy. So now that you're thinking about how, how things play into Jesus' purposes all the time, Team Jesus always wins, and so let's align with Team Jesus. And you're seeing how that is exactly what God does in all situations. His hands are all over that and making that happen. Um, now I want us to see how that shifts some things in us. Um, look at verse 19. It says, For I know, I know, again, that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. 
Paul sees God's hand at work over and over, but he also sees the vital role that prayer takes. He says, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers, I'm in prison, your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Christ Jesus will get me through this. I need your prayers. What do you pray for? When you're asking God for things, is it more about um, asking God to intervene in these uncertain situations and fix them so that they become more like what, what you want? Like you think of Paul praying, God, I'm in prison and I'd rather be out there traveling the whole world telling people about you. Please change this. Or it's, it's like pray like he asks over in Colossians. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer and pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. He's saying, don't, don't ask me to get taken out of prison. Ask for doors, not for me to walk through, but doors for the gospel to walk through. Think about the prayers you pray to God on a daily basis, on a moment basis, in the, in the heat of uncertainty, what are, what are we praying? Because that's going to put a spotlight on where our life's purpose is. If our life's purpose is Jesus' glory, it's going to shape the way we pray. I'm praying for him to get the glory no matter what. No matter what this uncertain situation is for me right now, God, get the glory in all of this. And... and Help me to not be ashamed and to give you honor right now in this uncertain situation. Those, those are the prayers that God will certainly honor, <laughs> always. No matter the situational outcome, he's always going to honor those prayers. And those are prayers that will fix our hearts on, they're going to be a source of joy for us when we pray that kind of prayer. Um, when we pray for God to save people, when we pray for the gospel to be proclaimed, we actually set ourselves up for joy. Um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 11, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. What he's saying is, you've got to help me. You've got to be involved in this prayer for this uncertain situation. Pray for us in the middle of this so that, so that many... You guys pray, and then many are going to give thanks on our behalf when the blessings come. Do you get that? Through the prayers of many. So he's saying, if you jump on board now, and you pray now for Jesus to get the glory in my life and my uncertain situation, in your life and your uncertain situation, the people next to you, pray now for God to get the glory in that. And then, when because he knows with certainty God's hands are all over this. When the blessing comes, what's going to come with it? Joy. We're going to celebrate. We're going to share these answered prayers with each other and say, we prayed for that, and we've seen God work in that. Do you get how that works? What an exciting concept, right? Jump on board with press so that you can celebrate it later. <laughs> That's one of many, many reasons to pray. But let your prayer be shaped according to your true purpose. And then he says this. Um, verse 27. Only let your manner of life 
be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. We're not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. This is a clear sign. Let your manner of life be worthy. Let it be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this will be a clear sign. The way you live right now, in the middle of uncertainty, in spite of uncertainty, because of uncertainty, that is a clear sign to everyone that you're living for a greater purpose than just this run-of-the-mill pursuit of happiness that we all seem to just default to. Paul is, is going to give us more detail what it looks like to live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ as the letter goes on. But for now, just meditate on this. When your life purpose is to give Jesus the glory, then your life is going to show it. Um, let me give you a picture. Um, Paul talks about, uh, back there in verse 13, It's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. The imperial guard and the hearing about Christ. But who is the imperial guard? The imperial guard were this elite group of soldiers. They were Caesar's personal bodyguards. Like the best of the best. The Marines, the Green Berets, that kind of up there, the ninjas of the Roman Empire. And then imagine this. Just put, put yourself in the shoes of this soldier, a soldier who's part of this imperial guard, an elite soldier. He can do anything. And like they, they are honoured above all the others and there are so many opportunities open to them. And this guy, he's chained to this unimpressive Jewish tent maker who just rambles on about Jesus. Surely there are better places to work. Like he could be off on the far edges. Excuse me. He could be off on the far edges of the empire fighting insurgents and getting glory, right? And just living the life that a soldier like that dreams of. He's not. He's stuck here. He could be with like... He could be passing on all that he knows. This guy has learnt so much about the art of war and combat and how to survive as a soldier. And he could be passing that on to younger soldiers and training up others to, to do this as well. And, and these young guys would just be like, wow, you're amazing. And, and like, that's the kind of thing the guy would love to do, right? He's stuck, tied to this guy. Or to have this cushy role, like some of the other people in his imperial guard, they're in the palace guarding Caesar. Like, that's what he's wanted his whole life. And here he is. He's chained to this tent maker. And it's an unglamorous role, but it's an important role because he is guarding a prisoner who's due to stand trial before Caesar. Get this. He may be an elite soldier, the best of the best, but he's still just a soldier. And he's subject to the bidding of his emperor. And so he does it. That's this soldier. 
Now look at Paul. Paul. He had these plans to go all the way to Spain and keep planting churches there and spreading the gospel there, but he's stuck. He could be training up young church planters to carry on the mission and go out with the gospel. Or like he says, to die is gain. He could be sitting beside the Lord Jesus in glory. But he's been given this boring role of sitting under house arrest. And he is a soldier subject to the bidding of his emperor. And he takes hold of the opportunity with both hands. And he finds joy in it. In fact, there's this suggestion that this whole setup, God's hands are all over it. This whole setup has actually helped Paul because it's protected him from the, the mean streets of the Roman Empire and the back roads where there's, he was, he says it, he's been whipped and stoned and shipwrecked and in danger from robbers and his own people and the city and the wilderness and the sea and false brothers and all these other things. But now he's sitting there with a soldier chained to him and he can preach the gospel to him and he can safely send off these letters to the Philippians and others and he can carry on an effective gospel life right where he is. Right where he is in this uncertain situation when he could be off in Spain or he could be training up these young church planters or he could be with Jesus and he's like, God's got me right here and I'm his soldier and I'm going to embrace this right now, right where he has me. Because he's doing something right here. Your situation, right now, might not look as glorious as you'd hoped. And you might be longing to take off to amazing places, to see what the world has to offer, to go and do something somewhere. Longing to leave this mark on the world and on others and have a life that just screams of achievement and meaning. You might just be longing for life to be a little easier than it is or a whole lot easier than it is. But God has you right right where you are, a soldier at the bidding of our emperor, of our Lord. Things might feel uncertain for you, but right where you are, You can fulfill your life's purpose if you align it to Jesus and his glory right where you are. Right where you are, you can see God at work and his hands all over it. And you can see good coming out of it. And right where you are, no matter the uncertainty of your life right now, you can start praying and living for the glory of Jesus and seeing all kinds of fruit come from that right now. It's a joyful thing to do something meaningful with your life, right? To be in a role that's going to bear fruit. And that's right where you are right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we follow our own way. We get caught up in our own purposes or the purposes of others. And so when these uncertain times in life come, no matter what it looks like for any of us, it, it steals our joy. And it feels like joy is so far away and this command to rejoice is just impossible. 
Um, and God, we need to repent of that. But you've made us for something way better than that. And that is to bring glory to Jesus Christ for all that he has done and all the certainty that he promises and brings and gives us right here and right now. And we want to align our lives to him. God, please be merciful to us. Forgive us for going after other things. Be gentle to us because the uncertainty of those pursuits just kill us. God, please give us a glimpse of what it is right now to put Jesus and his glory as our life's purpose, number one. God, I pray for us this week that whatever decisions we're making, we would put Jesus first and that you would quickly help us to see your hand at work right now in the moment, giving Jesus glory as we do that. God, give us strength. Give us the prayers of the people around us and the spirit of Christ Jesus to be able to cope with the uncertain situations we're facing and to see Jesus get the glory. Amen.